I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello and welcome back to the Grief Gang podcast with me, your host, Amber Jeffrey. The message behind the Grief Gang is to normalize the topic of conversation that is grief. People living with grief can often feel ashamed, isolated and alone. This podcast was created to break those taboos after I myself experienced all of those feelings after the loss of my mum in 2016. I decided enough was enough and we need to talk about this. You'll hear on this podcast an array of stories and experiences, some being my own and some being fantastic guest episodes and their incredible stories. You'll laugh, you'll cry, but I hope above all, I hope you'll learn. I hope you'll learn that you are not alone in your grief journey, that you have a voice and it should be heard, that you and your grief matter. So without further ado, I'll let you enjoy the episode. Happy listening. Grief gang, before I let you begin this episode, I've got something really exciting to share with you all. So not long ago, I received a message from a lady called Naomi who owns a small business called The Wave Method in which she creates the most beautiful personalised prints to remember our loved ones. Her Etsy shop is now up and running and we have teamed up to provide you guys with a promo code to get your hands on one of these gorgeous, gorgeous prints. Head over to The Wave Method on Instagram and Etsy to get two for one and free personalisation on any print by entering in all capitals, Grief Gang Wave. That's wave as in riding the wave and dropping Naomi a message at checkout with what name or phrase you would like to be personalised on your print. Now I'll let you crack on with the episode. Hello, 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 Grief Gang, and welcome back to another episode. This episode is just me. It's just me. So sorry about that, folks, if you were expecting a uh, fantastic guest, but you've just got to put up with me. What can I say? Um, It's been a hot minute since I have um, done one of these on my own. Um... 
I'm just getting up my notes because a bitch is a bit rusty. But no, yeah, I'm, oh my God, yeah, the last time I think I sat down and did a individual episode on my own, must have been like back in May, probably like back in May, I think actually, yeah. And then since then, it's just been catching up with all of my lovely guests that I had backlogged pre-Roni. And then, yeah, got a bit, quite a few of those guests in the diary and recorded. And if you haven't listened to them already, then, like, you really, really should. Um, what else? Just have a little catch-up. Just have a little catch-up, you know, my podcast, so I can say what I want. Um, oh, I got made redundant. Yeah, that happened. Got made redundant. That was fun. Um... Yeah, it wasn't the be-all and end-all. Spoke a little bit about it on the page. Wasn't the be-all and end-all. I'll survive, whatever. Yeah, got my redundant. I got a new job now. Just something to tie me over. Then, obviously, a little lockdown for my non-UK grief gangers. The UK is, yes, in another lockdown. Because um, our country can't get shit together. But I digress. But, yeah, that's just a bit of me. Living, surviving, thriving is what it is. But this topic today has been something, just wiping my cheeks, um, that I have wanted to speak about on the podcast for quite a while. Um, But I've always been a little bit conflicted with it in a way. And I don't know if that conflict comes from like myself and my own feelings towards it. And then a little bit of conflict of like, I think talking about religion and faith, I think in a public, on a public platform is always a little bit controversial. Um, But nonetheless, um, I put it out to you the audience of the grief gang oh my god i've got a hot water bottle and it's absolutely making me sweat christ remove that um and yeah i put it out i put a little a questionnaire box on um ig stories just sort of wanted to know what your relationship was with religion after the death of your loved one and i got loads and loads of feedback back which is great, and I will be sharing that throughout the the episode at the end. I've got loads of um, messages on DMs that um, have some great perspective on them as well. And also at the end of the episode, I've decided to start doing um, like mini submissions. Um, so submissions that are like, yeah, like mini interviews, so obviously... The, the same sort of questions that I ask my guests when I go to meet them but I put that out as well to you the audience and I have two lovely um submissions that I will read out at the end so yeah this is exciting so I think um we should get into it I'm sort of doing like a half little visual recording as well so if you sort of hear me like gibber off or wonder off because i'm trying to faff around with that shit too but you know i'm just trying i'm just trying to give you all the content you know guys i'm just trying to give you the visuals the vocals everything i'm i'm only i'm a one woman show like fuck um so yeah i'm gonna record now so i think i'm gonna begin i'm gonna begin with going back to like my 
early years of religion. And we're going to work our way through that. So I was born and raised Christian in my household. Um, we would go to church every Sunday. So in my younger years. I think we were probably going to church on a Sunday until I was about... Well, until I could say, fuck, now I'm going, really. Um <laughs> I think I probably stopped going maybe in my early teens. Early teens, it was a bit like, yeah, not for me. Don't enjoy. But, I mean, like, don't enjoy in the sense of, like, my church is a Pentecostal church. So, like, gospel and everything as such. And it's very loud. It's very vibrant. It's <laughs> so... It always used to make me laugh, right? So obviously, yeah, I I went to this, you know, loud and vibrant church on Sundays, but then I went to a, my first school was a Church of England school. So when it would be like Christmas time at, at around school, and we'd go to our Church of England school. I remember always like saying like it's so fucking quiet in this church. Because not not when I was like not when I was in school, but like in my head, <laughs> I wasn't like six going to so fucking quiet in here. But um, from yeah, the comparison of what my my family church was like to like my school church, I was like, this is boring. Like, where's the tambourines? Where's my triangle that I get to like bash around while like my aunties are screaming up on stage? But anyway, I digress. And. <laughs> So, yeah, so I reckon up to my early teens, I was, yeah, um, we were going regularly to church. Um, I still then was probably like, I still think, yeah, there's a God, there's a God, um, and everything as such. And we weren't, we weren't like heavy, we weren't like heavy, strict Christians. And neither was my, my, my parents. My mum was, my mum was baptized before she married my dad, and my dad has been born and raised, um, you know, born and raised Christian. Um, so yeah, and then as obviously going into like my teen years, um, basically thought better things to do on my Sunday than going and doing that. Um, and yeah, but although throughout that time where I wasn't going to church or wasn't supposed to say like practicing my faith, um, there was nothing that really like wavered it. Like I was. I was pretty adamant. I was like, yeah, there's a God. Like, there is a God. Um, yeah, so that was me. And then when mum obviously had her heart attack and went into hospital, um, even then, I don't remember turning... I, I remember praying. I remember praying, but almost feeling like yeah this isn't enough like knowing that obviously prayers aren't enough to you know survive her heart attack um and I'll never forget yeah our pastor um he came him and his wife who's now sadly passed as well um came the night before mum died and gave like blessings and everything like that and um that did give a, a lot of comfort to me I remember feeling that did give me a lot of comfort um I'm not too sure how to pinpoint how or why um 
And then, obviously, yeah, then mum passed away on the Saturday. I believe pastor did, I think, come again to give blessings before um, they took her body, obviously, to the morgue. Um, and then, yeah, and then this part is like the really poignant part for me where I actually do really think that my crossroads between me and my faith came to... Oh, I'm going to burp. Oh. <laughs> That's so gross. I'm so sorry. I got that on camera as well. Shit. Um, this part, I think, is yeah, where the real crossroads came, where I started thinking, do you know what? If there is a fucking God, he's a bit of a cunt, to be honest. So this is where. So um, the Sunday after, so that mum has been passed away for 24 hours now. We we felt like a really strong like urge to like go to go to our church and our church isn't far from us at all it's literally like across the road like less than a five minute walk so myself my brother our partners like a bunch of our friends all came with us so we're going there we're walking there and um, it's normal sunday service it's normal as always and we're all sat there on the back row at, yeah obviously at the back um like loads of us and um yeah Sunday service is normal so pastor's doing his normal shazam and then obviously we, we obviously knew that there would be a point in his service that he would obviously um pay his respects to us as a family and to mum um but obviously when he did it was so oh it was so moving it was just you know he's just we'd like to pass our condolences to brother Julian Jeffrey and the children um because you know that's like they they knew they knew mum they knew mum for a long long while and our family so um that was like a bit of a gut wrench um and then obviously we started our hymns and our songs and um i remember just this overwhelming feeling of these songs that i used to sing as a child and an early teen that i would like be like, oh, whatever to, like, boring, next. They were now incredibly emotional. And um, I, I was blubbering, like, blubbering. And so was my brother, I think, from my memory. I think, yeah, he was too. And it was just really overwhelming. Um, And then, so yeah, service is coming to an end now. And, um, obviously then, yeah, all the, the, like, the aunties, like, our people who we call our aunties and stuff are obviously coming over and giving condolences and talking to us and hugs and kisses. And I'll never forget one lady, um, who again is well actually now passed, blimey, she passed this year. Oh, it's not been a good year, has it? Um, she came over and a big personality a big loud vivacious personality and she came over and she grabbed my hand and my face and um she looked me dead in the eye and she was like he's a good god he's a good god and I remember just this rage coming over me and I was in my and obviously I'm not going to disrespect auntie and especially in a place of worship um, but I remember in my house, just like, yeah, thank, thank you, thank you. Um, 
And but it was almost like she she almost wanted me to say like say he's a good guy. She just lingered like she was almost like it's almost like she read my mind in the fact that I was like no like I'm not happy with God right now. Um, and it was almost like she was coming to reassure me and be like he is a good God like he is a good good God. I remember in my head thinking well if he's such a good God then why did he take my mum? And and of course it's so fresh still like it's just only 24 hours um and yeah I truly believe that from I'm not putting blame on her obviously but I think that was when it it kind of came to my the forefront of my brain of that I'm now going to question everything that I've been raised to believe about this man actually no woman because God is a woman but then you know I know if God was a woman, would she now nah, see these are the thi- these are the things I think about like um but yeah, let's say that day is the day where I started questioning things. Church now for me, um it's a very emotional place for me. Um and it's overwhelming and I'm not sure if it's a good feeling or if it's like a bad, like it's a good overwhelming or a bad overwhelming. Um, like I'm not, I'm not put off going to church anymore, but I already know that I will cry. I'm going to cry if I go to church, there's no given, whatever the occasion is, if it's like a christening, a wedding, if it's a happy occasion, I'm going to cry. If it's a sad occasion, I'm doubly going to cry. Um, it's just really overwhelming and I find it most overwhelming when we're, um, when we're singing like that is when I'll really like bust and like my dad looks at me and he's like oh my god like are you okay and I'm like yeah I'm fine I'm just really fucking overwhelmed and I don't know why um yes that's sort of where I am with actually like place of worship um my relationship with it now with my faith and god and everything like that um it's conflicting and it's confusing and complicated the obvious reason why I feel like it is complicated is because if God was real and not only if he was real and he was good why did he take my mum so young for her and so young for me and my brother from us and obviously that's that's the main factor that is why i'm so conflicted and like well fuck me like there's just like not to sound fucking brutal and morbid but you know there's rapists there's murderers there's child molesters out there take one of them give one of them a heart attack like fuck me like these are the things i'm gonna be honest i'm gonna be totally honest to be honest really i'm gonna be totally honest to be honest do you know what I mean? Those were the things that I would think, do you know, if there really was a God, why is he not taking all the bad people? And then it's if you were to say that out loud, you're normally met with, God only takes the good ones. They were just, heaven needed them. Or they were too good for this earth. Like, fuck out of here. Just, yeah. That's my tyrant. I'm not going to start getting vexed on the podcast because I'm in a good place. oh god i haven't rambled like this for so long (laughs) oh okay what's my next bullet point um i love a little bullet point thing um 
but then yeah i do strangely find comfort in like prayer and in like the gospel church community especially my community like um when i do go to church i think maybe that's because I don't know if that's because like my church it is um like it's it's like a family church like it's a family church we've all like generations before me have been going to so I don't know if it's that familiarity of family that like I know when I go to church like I'm I'm going to be surrounded by like my family and like This is Paige the co-host of Giggly Squad and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving Olive in June Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. It's my dad's side of the family. So like there's fucking hundreds of us. Like I'm not even joking. Like we, I say we, they breed like wildfire. <laughs> Any family saying, I love you all. <laughs> but we do have a fucking huge family. Um, so yeah, maybe that's where I get my comfortability from. But then like I do find like peace in prayer, like when we do the Lord's Prayer and it's so conflicting and I wish I could kind of sit like say like oh I'm at, I'm at a, I'm at a point where I, I know where I am with it but then I, I, I actually I genuinely feel like it, it's an uphill battle and I feel like it might be for the rest of my life and I know that sounds a bit weird, and I don't know if anybody, if you're listening, like, hoping that there'll be, like, a solution or anything like it, like, if so I'm sorry, I, I can't give it, because um, I feel like, for me, it will be a battle for the rest of my life, but I'm, but I'm okay with that, and maybe the curiosity, maybe the curiosity and the forever questioning is, like, keeping me on my toes, Oh my god, it sounds like I was like a bad boy boyfriend. Like keep me on my toes. God, why are you doing that? Like fuck knows. Fuck knows to be honest. But <laughs> that is that is me. And I know that probably literally just sounds like I've literally just said like um yeah, this happened and I'm still really fucking confused. But yeah, I am. I am still really confused. I still have those days where I'm just really pissed off with the man or the woman upstairs and um really didn't want to like speak to him or or in interact with anything to do with faith like I didn't 
in the early days, like, my dad would be like, oh, let's go to church. I'd be like, uh, no, like, fuck faith. My dad would be like, don't say that. <laughs> he said, this is the house of God. <laughs> I was like, okay, if you say so. Um, but yeah, it's conflicting. And now I'm going to jump into your DMs. Literally, come my DMs. So, as I said, there were a there was so much feedback um to this which made me feel comfortable like like obviously not like an alien because I was like oh okay like everyone else is kind of conflicted with their faith too so I obviously put a little questionnaire up box um questionnaire up box box up what is wrong with me I wonder I've got no GCSEs Christ um I put a questionnaire box up on Instagram stories and so some of you dropped in like little like one liners and stuff like that. And then some of you sent like actual DMs of finer details, which I will move on to next. So these are the responses in the little text box. So let's go. So I'm not going to read the names. I'm just going to reel off. So here we go. Someone told me my mum was working in the school. <laughs> Shit, right like from the from the top from the top i'm not laughing at it oh someone told me my mum was working in the school canteen in heaven i hope not <laughs> <laughs> shit oh god yeah we hope not do we next one i work at a hospice um and we have this amazing doctor and chaplain who talks about psycho-spirituality. Love a bit of that. Um, not religious, but turned to Buddhism. More for the philosophy than religion. Wasn't religious, but now I need to know that my mum's watching over me. Interesting. Um, this is God's plan. This quotations. This is God's plan or something the same. F off, please. <laughs> and then I love this person they replied off they're like not telling you to f off to be clear <laughs> upset that people would think god wants my brother dead exactly it don't worry hon I knew you weren't telling me to fuck off um and if you did I'd welcome it and I would probably say fuck off back um it's complicated I would say I'm more spiritual now and don't really have religious beliefs anymore uh, next one scroll it has made me realize i believe in some sort of afterlife more spiritual than religious wait did i just read that one? Oh no same same different person but same thing interesting um it's complicated brought up catholic defo believe there's some something and we go somewhere and also that what happens was always meant for us it's too hard else otherwise um my faith fluctuates from day to day. I still believe in God, but do I like him? Not so much. Oh, that that is so... Do you know what? That is so fucking spot on. Um, And the person who it's from, we're so alike as well. We talk back and forth. Um, That That is... That kind of, I feel like kind of pinpoints that for me, actually. I do believe him, but do I like him? No. Is he in my good books? No. Yeah, I feel that um changes each day uh, i struggle with faith was raised a christian don't see how if there's a god he took to loved ones um and then my boyfriend replied said god ain't real so there you can see where our worlds um differentiate 
God help our children when I secretly baptise them. See, that's a weird thing as well. Like, I don't know why I just said that. Like, I, I probably will, God willing, if I... See, again, God willing, if I have children, I probably would get them baptised. Well, I'd like to, but I know Joe wouldn't want that. But, like, how strange, isn't it? Fucking hell, anyway. Right, I'm going into the DMs, because, boy, oh, boy, they were good. They were good. So... Uh, this person replies it from the DMs. Totally. Born and raised as a Catholic and currently work in a Church of England school. Still don't know what to believe. Fell out with whoever is up there for a long time as Johnny, brackets partner, barely lived his life and had everything going for him. I would like to believe he is safe and happy where, whenever, wherever he is. My gut does tell me I will see him again. So I'm hanging on to that. Aww. Next one. We have some lengthy ones, which I love. Hi, Amber. I wanted to ask you a question from your story last night. I thought it would be better or be easier via message. I have been raised Catholic and I never lost faith, but I don't practice as much as I used to when I was younger. Losing my mum did not affect my faith and my faith was a great support to deal with her death. I found comfort in the religious ceremonies for her funerals and anniversary. And thanks to my faith, I believe my mum is guarding from me from where she is now. Also, because she had faith, I know she was prepared to die. And I'm glad and proud she found peace and accepted her own death. The only thing that had changed is that in Catholicism, did I say that? Catholic Catholicism? We believe Jesus resuscitated. I never really believed it is true and I only see a symbolic aspect in it. It is very hard to say it out loud when it is a fundamental element of your religion. There is a prayer where we say we believe in resurrection in a physical way. And I don't say that sentence anymore because I know my mum will never come back. Oh, so interesting. I've been loving the variation between obviously like some people's like being a bit like me, like complicated, some really turning to faith and some um, sacking the whole thing off. Um, let me go through. Oh, I had loads of flags. Shit, I didn't even realise how many things I had flagged. Next one. <laughs> this is good. Hi Amber, I think this is a really interesting question and topic. Before my dad passed a few years ago, I would have considered myself very spiritual. I had deep beliefs about the universe, interconnectedness, souls, all that jazz. It was so real for me, it was my truth. Then my dad died and I couldn't connect to any of it anymore. Everything that had once been something, I felt at my core. All of a sudden, I felt distant and abstract. In the year after his death, I started feeling very drawn to the Catholic Church. My parents were atheists and I went to a school where religion wasn't taught. So this was unexpected to me. I never actually pursued it too much because going to church intimidated me. I'd never really been and didn't have anyone I could go with that wouldn't think I'm nuts for turning to it. Now, three years after my dad's passing, I feel trickles of spiritual beliefs coming back or strengthening but as a whole. It does just doesn't feel like my priority anymore. I kind of feel like it actually just doesn't matter to me anymore. We're here. We don't know for how long. Anything we think we know about why is really just a guess. And I think sitting with grief and meeting death face to face really just sheds light on the fact that I don't have a clue what the meaning of it all is. And so I try to be at peace with that. 
Love is important to me. Connection. Being the person I want to be and enjoying the people I care about while we are together. It's not easy by any means and I often miss the connection I felt to a higher power and spirituality. But I think realising that we're human and how fragile and beautiful that is, is actually a pretty spiritual concept in its own right. That's my two cents. I could go on and on about it because it really is something I think about so often and can't wait to hear your podcast on this. That was phenomenal. Thank you for that. Next one. Oh, my vocals are going to get it today. To get that G&T in early. Hey, I get this so much. I remember our whole, our, uh, our whole church praying and people telling me that my mum would be healed. When it didn't happen, I blamed myself for not having enough faith. Oh. It took me time to realise that I will never understand the reason behind it all and why there is suffering. But I can hold on to the hope that God has set a place for us all to be reunited. That's what has helped me in my faith journey. I like that too, yeah. That, um, if there is this higher power and there is a God that um, he has created a space and a place for us. On that one sweet day when we all get there. Well, if you're a cunt, you won't get there. You'll be going down in the elevator, not up. But be good. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> I just told them, no, nah, you're not going to hell, don't worry. Not that person who sent that in, but bad people do. People like Jimmy Savile. Sick cunt. Anyway. <laughs> I digress. Fuck. Oh, I'm out of breath. So, I've always been quite spiritual. I believe that the universe controlled the world with karma and that by doing good things, you were rewarded with good things. I'd always been a good person and gone out of my way to help others and had have, and had always been really lucky that opportunities and things bring me joy just happening. When my dad got diagnosed and passed two months later, I lost all hope and couldn't understand how I'd had such strong beliefs for all of my adult life. How could something so soul-crushing happen if the law of karma is real? I've started to feel more normal recently. It's been eight months since dad passed and I've, start, I've started to connect more with my spirituality again. That's great to hear. Love that. Next. Amber, this is me. I actually grew up in church because of my mum, but then I stopped going for years. I went back five years ago after feeling meh and found great community and so many wonderful sisters. But since losing my mum this year, I'm so angry. I'm like, if there is a God, why did you take my mum away from me at 56 with a cancer diagnosis? Yes! <sighs> That's literally like, that was my thought like every fucking day. Um, I've been so involved with my church, serving there and stuff, but now I can't even listen to a worship song without crying. Yeah. So I've just blocked God out. I think he's always there if we ever need him. But I personally have shut him up because I'm so upset. Do you know what? Yeah, feeling upset with him. Feeling so upset with him that you're not... Do you know what? Like, literally, I just don't want to talk to you. Like, I just don't want to be your pal. Like, we're not pals at the moment. G-O-D. Scrolling to the top. This one is so interesting because said person actually studied religious studies too it's a lengthy one so hold on uh let me down to it 
also, so we were messaging before anyway, and she goes, also, in relation to your story about religion, I wasn't brought up in a religious family. My granddad and grandma both died when I was nine, and I think from that point, I always remember thinking there's no way a god could exist when terrible things can happen. And then when my mum got ill, I remember my dad saying his friend from work would pray every day for us, and for us, it was with bad news after bad news. And even now, my nan said she stopped believing in God after my mum died because I think the heartache can make you question how it would ever be fair with a god i remember in my first gcse re lesson my teacher picked on me and asked me why i didn't believe in god and i burst out crying because all that came to mind was how can he exist after everything i've witnessed she spoke to me at the end of and end of class and apologized my nan was diagnosed with cancer for the fourth time last year as well and i think that also makes me question how there could be a god but I actually studied religious studies at A-level and we studied all about the existence of God and we even had a whole module on evil and suffering and how it's possible all suffering could coexist with the idea of an all-loving God. Hmm, interesting. And I, that was me. <laughs> and I think I'd still say I'm agnostic. I think it's impossible to rule out the idea of a greater being altogether because there's so much in this world that makes you think this can't all just be chance. And sometimes you wonder whether what we go through does shape who we are. And perhaps without these terrible things, we'd never reach our full potential and what we're really here for. I don't believe what we all go through happens for a reason, but I sometimes think I'm so much more appreciative for everything in life. Sometimes I just think I'm grateful for this moment because right now in this present minute, everything is okay. And I think that that's an insight you only ever will uh, you ever get if you go through something so devastating is a lesson. So maybe within it all, there is a lesson and maybe it can coexist with God and religion. Sometimes I see how God could exist. And I think the idea of religion is comforting and there's a real community feeling. And without everything I've been through, perhaps I wouldn't be so driven and so determined to make the world better for other people. I'm studying psychology at university and I think the losses in my life has led me down this path. I would have them all back in an instant if I could. But sometimes I think, what if this was meant to happen? I sometimes feel like I get signs from my mum, so although I feel like she's not here with me, I might be there with her. I sometimes find comfort in that and other times I just feel so angry at the world and what's happened. I just don't think it's even possible. I think had you have asked that a few weeks ago, I would have said 100% no because of how desperate I was feeling. Love that. That one was really interesting to me because she studied it too. Um, this one, same. One tradition me and mum always had was going to church together at Christmas. So I went to Christingle on my own last year, but I just feel so weird about it. Like, where is she? Um, few more. I'm in the exact same boat. My parents were very religious and I went to church every Sunday up until the age of about 16 where I didn't go as much because I thought it was too cool. Yeah, I can't lie, that was me too. I was literally like, go to church on Sunday? You know, that's not on brand for me. <laughs> then dad got ill and then we lost him and then mum got ill and we lost her and I just really questioned everything so much and don't really feel like there is a way back for me now. However... My mum passed away on Easter Sunday, which in itself was a big thing for my family, who are religious due to its significance. 
There's also a lot of things that happened on the day she died. E.g. I went home to get more clothes for me and my sister because we were staying at the hospital and she could have passed away whilst I was gone, but she held on. Also, only two visitors were allowed in the room, but at the time she passed, there were four of us in there. Me, my boyfriend, my sister and her husband. Again, I feel like we could have lost her at any time, but it was that moment we did. It just felt like there were lots of signs. But I'm not sure if they were religious signs or fate or what they were, or if it was actually mum herself just knowing and sensing us. Interesting. I was raised Catholic. I left the Church of Faith entirely, now openly an atheist, before my mum died. But she was really devout, so I found myself praying as she died. I also never wished I had belief in God more than more than at that time. I thought how nice it must be to believe I'd see her again. A friend said she wished she wished I'd come back to religion because maybe my anxiety and depression about my mum dying wouldn't be so bad with God. And that just pissed me off. My dad and sister are both still very religious but hate when people say things like it's all in God's plan or he needed her in heaven more than you needed her here on earth. Yeah, don't, yeah, fuck that, literally. That's what she says, fuck that. I mean, really? So, anyway, even be, having been an atheist for a while prior to her death, it's still complicated for me. Yeah, like, those lines can, like, get in the fucking bin. Uh, such a huge shift. A definite deconstruction, then reconstruction after my first significant loss. And it somehow transformed again after each subsequent loss. Almost as if someone I love dying puts my faith through the fire and it becomes refined into something more beautiful. Messy and nothing feels certain, but it's definitively beautiful and real than ever before. I thought that one was really beautiful. This one, I'm actually the opposite right now. My mum went to church every Sunday and she would ask me to go with her every week, but I never did. After she died, the only place I felt drawn to was her church. It was really powerful. I'm not a huge believer in a lot of the religious aspects of it all, but there was definitely something spiritual going on. Plus, you can't beat a bunch of friendly, supportive Christian people. <laughs> that really made me know. <laughs> you can't beat. <laughs> Love it. <laughs> oh, God almighty. Oh, God almighty, literally. Um, and next one. I live in the US, though, and I feel like part of my lack of religious beliefs is caused in part by the political climate and how extremists use religion to justify racism and oppression of marginalised communities. Interesting. True. True. But also after just after losing my best friend so tragically, it shifted my perspective drastically from a practicing Catholic to someone who really doesn't do religion at all anymore. Definitely investigating my spirituality and learning about things like the Earth's universe energy as a guide rather than faith religion. But I agree it's complicated and things have definitely changed for me. And I think I have second to last one. I'm conflicted with this too. My belief system has been so challenged. My husband passed away three weeks ago, age 52. We only found each other six years ago. He is my lifetime love. I've had a friend tell me that God loves me. God knows what's best for me. My reply is, 
then if that's the case, then why am I going through this loss? If I'm loved, then why wait till I'm happy? How does destroying me make me feel loved? I'm in limbo regarding it all. Yep, feel that one, girl. Feel that one. And I believe... Oh, the last one was just very complicated. Don't even know where to start on this one. So, yeah. There were some good ones in there, right? I mean, that was juicy. I'm just flicking through just to see if I haven't forgotten anybody. Because that is the last thing I want to do. Um... So yeah, mixture of things there, which I really love. We had we had firm firm believers and people who turned to faith, people who completely cut it off, people who were complicated like me. Um, yeah, it's so interesting. It's so so interesting. Part of me is a little bit like I feel like I I actually kind of feel like as I get older. I think I will start tapping into it more. I say that now, but obviously don't hold it to me. Don't fucking put, you know, gun to my head in a couple of years time. Say, are you practicing your faith? I'd be like, I don't know. But I kind of do feel like I'll go down that route. I feel like my brother's going down that route at the moment. Like he's, obviously we can't go to church or anything like that now. But like he's teaching my nephew the Lord's Prayer, which is really cute. Um. So yeah who knows um i'd love to hear more of your feedback if you listen to this whole episode and if you feel like you want to share with me and like dms and stuff and and talk to me about it because i find it i find it really interesting i do find it really especially people who like who like people who like studied it or like work in that field or um have really turned to it for for comfort but yeah it just interests me right so now i'm going on to um the segment part of the podcast which is something that is very new in um which i as i said in the beginning i uh put a little thing on my story saying submissions are now welcome for like little mini interview um podcasts um so yeah I have two that I'm gonna read out so I did I did like a little guideline of how to how you know people were struggling of how to structure it of how they can write it out so I asked like who you are your name where your age where you're from um who it is you lost um your story and then a little bit of advice for your pre-bereaved self um for the for your grief journey that you're about to endure on so my first one um is from a lovely lady called caroline so thank you caroline for writing in um let's get into it i'm caroline 34 and a british born chinese i lost my dad in 2012 and my mum only a few months ago my dad died on the 6th of december 2012 I was living in London and my mum got home from work late as she worked in a restaurant and my dad wasn't home when she got there, which was really strange. She phoned me and I didn't know what to do, so I decided to phone round the hospitals and because of a ring he wears, I found him. 
He'd had a heart attack in a taxi and the taxi driver just drove straight to the hospital. The hospital told me to get there straight away but gave no details so I jumped straight away from London to Birmingham and luckily a friend in California was awake so I had some company as this was about 2am. They had waited for me to withdraw support as me and my mum just held each other. My brother had just moved to Singapore so he was on a flight back to the UK as we just sat by his side. My mum died on the 8th of April 2020, so it's still really raw. She'd been quite sick for a few years with kidney and heart failure, but she was always powering through and taking each each issue in her stride. When I lost my dad, I was told I needed to be strong for my mum. My brother lives in Singapore still, so it's just been me and my mum for the last eight years. And in that time, my mum became a new person. My dad was quite traditional, so apart from the odd McDonald's or roast dinner... All he liked was Chinese food, but my mum was able to start trying new foods, visiting new places, and we just became so close, especially the last few years, and even more so since last year when I left London to become her full-time carer. I depended on her as much as she depended on me now. She was just so funny and silly and had the best sense of humour. When my dad died, I had a job and a flat in London to go back to and me and my mum were able to pick ourselves up and move forward. But losing my mum has been so much more agonising. The world has stood still due to the pandemic, but my life has flipped upside down. My brother hasn't been able to come over yet. He couldn't even attend her funeral and had to watch it on a webcast. And we've still not had the chance to grieve together, to console each other, to cry in each other's arms. It's been something very hard to deal with. I feel totally alone in my grief, abandoned. I just keep thinking, I'm an orphan now, and what am I going to do at Christmas? My mum had just been in hospital following a really touch-and-go sepsis admission in February, but she recovered and was discharged in March. Selfishly, I was going to go enjoy. I was, I was going to enjoy going into lockdown. No work and the chance to really rehabilitate my mum back to some kind of health just the two of us. I'm really lucky to have the friends I do because I'm not sure how I'd be coping right now without them. I just can't wait to give them all a big hug and to see my brother and have a big drink to toast my mum. And that will be a well-deserved big drink, I truly believe, Caroline. Thank you so, so much for sharing that. My next and my last one, I'm going to wrap up. How long have we been going for? Oh, wowie. 45 minutes. You've got 45 minutes of me chatting away. Okay, so this next one is from a lady called Emma. Hello, Grief Gang. Can I start by saying thank you so much for everything you do? I appreciate you so much. Oh, thank you. It's very, very kind. Um, I'm Emma. I'm 26 and I'm from Birmingham. I work in research science managing a research facility. Ooh. I lost my dad at the end of February this year. He was diagnosed with terminal lung cancer, which had spread to the brain and spine on Christmas Eve last year. And we were told he had between two months and two years to live. This was a total shock to us all, as he had always been really healthy and didn't really have any symptoms. He'd gone into hospital because he had pins and needles in his arms. So he thought he may be having a minor stroke. They only did a brain scan as a precaution, but even the doctors said they didn't expect to find anything. I handled my grief after his diagnosis by booking a lot of short holidays and decorating my dining room. 
I honestly had no idea he would decline so quickly as he was still normal by the end of January. In February, he'd started to have trouble with his breathing, getting out of breath, climbing up the stairs, so ended up in hospital. Dad got progressively worse really quickly. I work in the hospital he was in, so I spent every morning, lunch, break, after work with him, and would often take my laptop into his room and work quietly next to him. He was in hospital for exactly two weeks before he passed away. The 24 hours before he passed was really bad. I'd gone to visit him at about 11am on the day he died and he was very breathless. The last thing he ate before he came he came too breathless to remove the mask was actually ice cream, his favourite, which sadly caused a lot of breathing trouble but was equally as ironic because I'm pretty sure he kept the ice cream industry in business with the amount he ate. Losing my dad at 25 years old came with so many thoughts. I never got married. I never had children. Who do I ask for advice on fatherly things? I'm so glad we got to make so many amazing memories. He was the best dad ever and we were two of a kind. Oh, my advice to pre-grief me would be relax. You can't change what it's meant to be. It's okay to let your emotions out. You don't need to be strong 24-7 and it's okay to speak to others. You are not burdening anyone. Wowee. What two fabulous submissions sent in from the first segment that I'm definitely going to keep up for the future. Thank you both to Emma and Caroline who wrote in those submissions. And thank you to each and every one of you who wrote in in regards for the religion and faith episode, sharing your own personal experiences and feelings towards it. Um, it's greatly appreciated. Um, I've really enjoyed this. I've really enjoyed um, sharing like my own personal stories, but then like reading yours and listening to yours, although like I'm not getting a response from anybody because I'm literally talking to myself in my bedroom. Um, I feel like I'm connecting with you all and it's a really nice feeling and I'm definitely going to keep it up and interact with you guys more because I love it and I hope you guys enjoy it too and it gives you a chance to share your thoughts and feelings. So yeah, that's it for this. You've got just under 50 minutes of religion and faith chit chat take care and talk soon bye grief gang well that's it for this week's episode i hope you all enjoyed it and it set your week off to a great start whether you've laughed a little cried a little i mean i think crying is good for the soul or you've resonated with something that was said thank you for listening and spending time out of your day to do so if you like what you hear, please do rate, review and subscribe. In doing so, you're ensuring that lots more people get to find the Grief Gang podcast and hopefully help them too. If you're not already, check out the Grief Gang on social media platforms such as Instagram, Twitter and Facebook. I'm most active on the Instagram page where I love, love, love to connect with you all. For now, take care and big, big love. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. 
Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible Resistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.